A fika is a very Swedish custom which basically means that you take a break from your activity to have a cup of coffee or tea and maybe eat something sweet. In Fika with us, we are inviting you to join us for a fika and listen to different topics regarding international student life at Linköping University. In this episode of Fika with us, we are joined by Rebecca. We talk about food and how to be your own cook. My name is Julia. Let's start the fika. Moving to Linköping might be your first time moving away from home. And well, as a student and from experience, I can tell you there are a few things you need to consider, such as cooking and of course, taking care of yourself. So we came together to help out um, because food is of course a big, big topic and so many cultures and well, we need food every day. And it's nicer if we eat cooked food, of course, and we understand that this might not be the normal for many new students that come to Lean Shopping University. Because in some households, it might not be the case that you need to cook. So we collected a few tips and, um, and tricks for you to help you to set up uh, your cooking and you to evolve your cooking skills. So one of the first questions I would ask myself if I come to a new city um, and I move maybe into a corridor room. So I move together with housemates or corridor mates as we call them. But what if I have never cooked? So what, what, what do I do um, if, if that's the case? And as I said before, we know that many students are in this, uh, in this situation. And where can they start? What do they do? Do you have any experience, Rebecca, when you moved away from home? Um, so I moved out of my mom's place when I was 18, when I first started my bachelor's. Um, I had already cooked sometimes because my mom is a teacher. So there were a lot of days where she got home very late and I had maybe a free afternoon and I had two options, which was to spend my allowance on um, eating out of the home. Or I could take advantage of all the food we had in our fridge or in our freezer and I could come cook something for myself and then keep the allowance for something else. And so I had already started with very basic um, dishes. But when I first moved out, I actually noticed that those basic dishes were nowhere near enough. Um, so you get pretty tired pretty quickly of the same five dishes. Um, and so I kind of started experimenting a little bit. So I tried making soups, which is something that I'd never done before. And I went a bit beyond the, the very simple starter uh, dish of like pasta with some, some sauce. Um, and the trick is really just to try and experiment just a little bit at a time, like try a new spice for this dish or try adding a new ingredient. Um, also researching things, just Googling sounds very ridiculous, but it works. Um, and also look into how to actually keep ingredients at home because I had only ever seen how things were done at my mom's place, but I didn't know like, oh, if I keep meat in the fridge, how long do I have to cook it until it goes bad? Like if I keep it in the freezer, how do I properly store things in the freezer? There were so many things to learn and it can seem quite overwhelming, 
So definitely don't feel weird about Googling these types of things. Yeah, I, I think this is a really, really good tip because, I mean, just talking about YouTube, YouTube has so many recipes and great instructions that will for sure help you to get started with the basics. And I mean, as Rebecca said, it doesn't have to be fancy at all. I mean, simple food as pasta and store-bought pasta sauce, I mean, works perfectly fine. So you don't need to, you know, uh, go nuts right away. I mean, you have a few years <laughs> probably um, to practice as well and to figure stuff out, to try out new things, to try out new types of cooking or maybe different flavors. Because if you live in a student corridor, you will most likely have housemates from all around the world. So even if you're not used to maybe Indian food or Chinese food or, well, German food, um, just try to get in contact with your housemates and maybe set up a cooking evening where you will learn to taste new food and where you also learn to do maybe new recipes. And I can highly recommend to start a recipe book to write down all the good recipes that you've cooked so far because it really, really helps um, if you want to do meal planning. So if you plan ahead for like a week or so to just open your book and see all the recipes you like and you just pick. I think this makes life a lot easier. Do you do meal planning as well, Rebecca? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I'm studying in the master's program of applied ethology and animal biology. And so I have a very, very inconsistent schedule. So it's so, so helpful to plan meals in advance and to use the weekend to do like a big, a big batch of cooking so that throughout the week, I don't really have to worry that much, or I just get by by cooking very quick things. Because sometimes we're, we, we spend like an entire week at the zoo and we have to wake up early every day and we have to take lunch. And then you get home very tired and you don't feel like cooking at all. And it's so, so nice to find that Tupperware with some food in the fridge and be like, oh yeah, past me was, was looking out for me and was making sure that, that I'm well fed. Yeah, I, I totally get that feeling. I, I'm i a bachelor student, so my schedule, you know, sometimes it's uh, a few lectures and sometimes it's the whole day plus a lab. So I really understand you want to get home and you just want like comfort food, actually. And I mean, if you pre-cook your food or you have leftovers, just pop it in the freezer and save it for another time. Because I think um, that's actually quite a big topic in Sweden as well, that you'd you're trying to reduce your food waste. So you really only buy what you need and what you're going to eat. And yeah, so I think the two of us, we can highly recommend to do a food plan and maybe even do weekly shopping. Because in my opinion, then you, you tend to not buy as many sweet stuffs or as many, you know, cravings that you might have. Because, well, if you walk in with a shopping list and you know, this is what I'm going to eat for the week. This is what I need. That's most likely what you're going to buy and not use useless stuff. And that's pretty good for, uh, for your wallet, to be honest. And I found if I cook with friends and we just split the cost, it gets way cheaper as well, because the more you buy, you can usually buy bigger packs, packs. Um, yeah, it just gets, gets cheaper and it, uh, makes more fun to cook with company. 
Yep, that's very true. Yeah, but uh, one thing I just realized, um, cooking comes also with other responsibilities, such as cleaning up after yourself. So especially if you have housemates, you of course want to leave the kitchen as you found it, which was hopefully in a clean state. So I think many corridor uh, corridors have like a kitchen plan. Um, I personally don't live in a corridor, but I think you do, Rebecca, right? Yes, I do. Um, and we actually, we are kind of two corridors in one. So it's two adjacent corridors and we actually have two kitchens that go into the same common room. So it feels like we're more people sharing a common space. Um, but yeah, so we have like house rules that you're definitely supposed to clean up after yourself. So if you're cooking and if um, like you're frying something in a pan and it, it gets everywhere, then you're supposed to clean up. But we also have a weekly rotation. So every week, a different person is responsible for making sure that the kitchen is properly clean. So everyone's supposed to clean after themselves. But every week we have a person that's responsible to make sure that everything is very clean um, and to um, take out the trash, for example. And also that person is responsible for um, baking something for our Sunday fika. We oh, have, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we have fika uh, every Sunday at 8.30. And the person that cleaned that week is the person that is responsible for bringing something in. And I know of a lot of corridors that um, people just buy some cookies and share them. But in our corridor specifically, most people end up baking something, which is so nice because then you get to be like the guinea pig of people trying their cake recipes or their pie recipes or their cookie recipes. And it's so, so nice. Like just this week, um, we had this girl that made such a good cake and I'm actually not a cake person, but the cake was not that sweet. And I was like, oh my God, can I have this recipe? Like I need this cake in my life. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great way of uh, getting new recipes as well and yeah, sharing recipes sure. with friends. Yeah. Um, and actually... If you move into a corridor room, do you need to bring your own utensils and pots? How does that work? That is a very good question. So technically on the website, it lists that you need to bring everything, everything yourself. Uh, so you need your own dishes, you need your own pots. But when I actually got here, the corridor already had everything. So previous uh, tenants just kind of left their cutlery and their dishes and their pots. And so I didn't have to buy anything extra. So we have everything we need. Um, and we also have this system with the punt. So the, um, the money you get back from recycling cans and, and plastic bottles. Uh, that money we get back from from those the, that kind of waste um, goes into the corridor, so that we also don't have to buy like trash bags or paper towels. Like that comes from like the corridor fund, so to speak. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a good system, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One more question that um, sort of came up to me: when you live in a corridor and well, as I mentioned before, there probably be people from all around the world. How does it work with the different foods that everyone cooks? Because doesn't it get a little smelly sometimes? 
Um, yeah, I would say you definitely see like the cultural differences and you smell them a bit as well. But luckily with the rule that you're supposed to clean after yourself, usually the kitchen doesn't really have a strong smell after the person has finished cooking. And we also have really big windows. And so if you air it out, it's usually fine. But sometimes you do notice it like, oh, the, the microwave has a bit of a weird smell from the person that heated their food before you. But it's it's quite simple because if you do um, maintain the rule of cleaning up after yourself, it's usually okay. Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty doable, I would say. And another thing um, that I well experience in Sweden, um, not particular in corridor rooms, but just in Sweden, is that uh, eating in different with different dietary restrictions is super easy because I know a friend of mine uh, and she's vegan and she was a little worried before you know moving to Sweden not knowing what what they are uh, what they sell in the supermarkets but she she actually found it very easy to find like um, well plant-based milk or uh, nutrients that you might need or might want to take instead of um, eating meat and proteins uh, through meat. So, and I also experienced that, well, eating vegetarian is not that hard either. I mean, Swedes do love their meat. They really do. And they eat a lot of different types that you might not used to from your home, home country either. Um, but if you are vegetarian or if you are vegan, don't worry. The supermarkets have loads of vegetarian and vegan options. And so do restaurants if you go every now and then. Um, and I'm not sure if it's very much more expensive than in comparison to your home country, because of course that very much depends on where you're from. But I think that most of the options are quite affordable as well. And if you follow our, our tips and tricks for weekly shopping and meal planning, I think it should be quite all right. Um, let's see. Yeah. And actually, um, a few more tips that we, that Rebecca and I thought of when you're completely new to the kitchen, uh, please consider a few things like just safety information, basically, because for example, the ovens and the stove and even microwaves can get really, really hot. So you might burn yourself. And of course, no one wants that, but usually all the kitchens have um, protective like gloves or you can use tea towels wrapped up together. Um, and of course, you should never leave your food unattended because, well, putting something on the stove or putting something in the oven for way too long and just going off to your room in the corridor, um, there will be a very bad surprise for your corridor mates, I would say. Um, so just be aware of that. Don't leave your food unattended, but um, that's again, if you're cooking with a corridor maid or with a friend, you split the work and everything gets a little easier. Um, yeah. And Rebecca, is there anything that you can, you can recommend to a student who's going to start cooking basically? Um, I would say there's not too much to be afraid of regarding like the the safety measurements in in corridors specifically there's usually a timer for the stove or the oven 
that you have to click before being able to turn it on. So it's really to help um, avoid distractions. So every, I think it's 60 minutes, every 60 minutes you have to restart the timer if you want to keep cooking, which is, I think, quite nice um, because forgetting things is, is definitely normal. Um, but yeah, I would say following the tips is very useful, not buying too much food because wasting food is not, not a good thing for the environment. Um, and just baby steps, I would say, is the most important thing. Trying one thing at a time, maybe asking your friends for easy recipes, or if they do invite you over and you can be like, oh, why don't we cook together? But let's use one of your recipes and then you can taste it. And if you like it, you can be like, hmm, I would like to have this recipe, please. And most of the time people are super happy to share. Yeah, that's what I experienced as well. And I mean, just take it easy, really. Feel free to eat whatever you were not allowed to eat when you were a kid. I mean, even if it means dinosaur-shaped schnitzel, schnitzels. I mean, you are your own. Well, if you have your own kitchen or your corridor kitchen, you can cook whatever you want to, whatever you like, and you can slowly start to build up from that. So we hope you have a lot of fun and success in the kitchen. Um, and if you have any good recipes, please share them with us. You have listened to Fika with us, with Julia, and this episode guest was Rebecca. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Lean Shopping University on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoyed today's talk and that you will join us for Fika soon again. <laughs>